Outstanding. Another episode of the Russell. It's your host, Andrew C. Baby. Unfortunately, my other co-hosts are not here. The Law and Big Best Ooze are busy, but the show must go on. And we have a special guest here tonight. The fearless leader himself over from around the league and DFS, Cody Engel. Cody, what's going on? What's up, man? Pumped to jump on here with you a little bit. Uh, yes, I, know, I know I'm a little bit secondhand to your, your usual co-host, but I'm, I appreciate the appearance. Uh, no, we thank you filling in because uh, times are out here getting hard. <laughs> times are tough. People working, people working, having to work doubles, get by. No, that's not oh, what's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we have a good show. We'll be a little uh, shorter here today. We won't cover everything we usually do, but we will give you enough to get you going. Um, basically, we'll be skipping the news, do some studs and duds, get some start and sits in there for week eight, and get you guys on your way. Um, one thing to mention, we're skipping the news, but remember, by week, by week eight, Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, some key players there, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Juju, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. So listen to the starts and sits so you can help overcome these bye weeks. Before we get started, Cody, I just want to say, like, I I don't know. There's a lot going on. We've got uh, NFL, another crazy week, I would say. The Phillies are in the World Champion or World Series. And we live in this area, so that's all we hear about now. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, but House of Dragons just ended. We've got MLS going on. Basketball just started. The holidays coming up. It's a crazy time of year. The NFL is drunk. That's it. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we live in Philly, uh, and the Phillies are in the World Series. And they're and they're, so they're, you greasing can the, they're greasing the poles again. That's how bad it is. <laughs> it's getting wild. Get wild but in Fishtown. Exactly what Cody said. The NFL is drunk. I was texting in our group text. Me, him, and another friend of the show are in a uh, FFPC league, and I just said the NFL's broken. I don't understand what's going on. Aaron Rodgers is losing to, you know, the commanders. Tom Brady looks awful. Uh, all these, uh, you know, upsets and Carolina is out here. They You ship off Christian McCaffrey and let's just, you know, beat up Tom Brady and all types of nonsense. But this is the world we live in. <laughs> Yeah, it was certainly a crazy week, weekend of football. I think uh, the shocker, the biggest shocker was obviously that Panthers win. Um, always weird to see teams like in some of those get up and get right spots, but uh, we did get a couple answers on the fantasy football side. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit, um, but we did kind of get some answers on uh, the DJ Moores and Deontay Foremans of the world and kind of what's going to happen in a, a post-McCaffrey slash post-Robbie Anderson era. Uh, kind of cleaned out a lot of target shares there uh, from previous weeks. So we at least got a glimpse of that. Uh, the Tampa Bay passing offense is brutal. So if you got them in fantasy, um, you better hope they work it out. I, I've been on uh, the horse saying that uh, they are going to figure it out. Rob and I have talked about them a lot this year, but they've looked really bad. I don't know if you got any thoughts on uh, them potentially figuring it out, but that offense looks totally broken which really hurts a lot of solid fantasy assets like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, even Leonard Fournette, you know, uh, as well, you know, averaging less than three yards per carry, like five of his last six games. So it's getting ugly down there in Tampa Bay and then Green Bay. It's just a whole other story, man. That's just a whole other one. It's just, it's just unusual. Um, I second everything you just said is just, it's just mind boggling to see. I just, and, and a couple weeks ago, Tom Brady, they had a decent game, a good game, and was actually in the studs for once. And I thought that, you know, many fantasy owners thought that was it. We're going to be okay now. And then two weeks of just bad Brady again. But 
we digress. Let's jump into these studs and duds and have this week, was this week seven review underway. So starting at the top, QBs, Joe Burrow, Andy Dalton of all peoples, Mahomes, Daniel Jones, Davis Mills, and Justin Herbert. So real quick, Justin Herbert, or Joe Burrow, 481 passing, four touchdowns, looking real good. Um, Andy Dalton on that Thursday night game, uh, almost, yeah, 30 fantasy points, which was crazy. Patrick Mahomes playing like he usually does. Daniel Jones, 107 rushing. Davis Mills and Justin Herbert. Um, You know, what do you think about the Andy Dalton and Davis Mills here and Daniel Jones as – some of these guys worth trusting in the future here, Cody? I think Andy Dalton's going to get uh, benched for Jameis Winston again here soon. Um, I think if Jameis was healthy enough or this game was on a Sunday, he might have actually started. So note to Andy Dalton, who scored nearly 30 points and had two pick sixes. What You could have started Dalton, Alave, and the Cardinals defense. So if anyone pulled that off, shout out to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, D- Dalton's no, that was just a unique game script. Uh, where things just happened to fall right. Uh, the game got sped up because of two pick sixes that he threw. And so then they were forced to throw the ball and play catch up. It was almost the perfect environment for him to put up 25 points. Um, and I don't think we're going to see that happen uh, very often. Uh, Saints have uh, – they, they uh, tend to want to run the ball. They slow it down. They're typically bottom three in pace. So I do think that's an anomaly. Jameis Winston is uh, the big play quarterback who will typically – uh, air it out. So I think if he comes back, I, I do think Winston's potentially startable. Uh, Davis Mills, I'm never really touching. He does seem to kind of grind his way to 15, 20 fantasy points, but I think it's more so a factor of the fact they have to throw to play catch up quite often. Um, and uh, they tend to keep it close with teams until that fourth quarter where uh, uh, talent just beats them out. Uh, JT and I actually talked about that some last night where talent just runs away with it. He's kind of forced to throw and get a lot of garbage time points, still fantasy points, but those two I'm definitely out on. I think everybody else is certainly startable. Daniel Jones uh, came through. I think Daniel Jones is startable if you're in a pinch, especially with some uh, guys on by this week. I know that you mentioned, or even just having some bench depth because he continually seems to get better each week. And we know he has 20 plus point upside. He's consistently averaging, you know, about 14, 15 points, but when he can pop off uh, for like a hundred rushing yards on any given week, like, yeah, that's, that's something I, I want on my roster. So he's the one that sticks out to me as uh, someone in a great, with a great offensive mind behind him that you could certainly start on a weekly basis. I actually was not impressed with Herbert. I didn't view him as a stud of the week uh, to be honest with you. So uh, Herbert is also startable any week, but he's, he's one that the last couple of weeks um, it's, it's, it's been a, a bit of a rough, rough go for him. I concur. I concur. And just to follow up on Daniel Jones, Seahawks week eight by week nine, Houston, Detroit, Dallas, Washington, Philly, Washington, again, Minnesota and Indianapolis to finish out the season. So that's actually an incredible schedule. I may have to snag yes. him in a couple of weeks. So keep him on your radars, everybody. Um, all right, let's keep it moving to the running backs. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Kenneth Walker the third, Aaron Jones coming alive, Eno Benjamin, Raheem Muster, and Gus Edwards. So Josh Jacobs at the very top with 143 rushing and three touchdowns, which really propelled him to be number one this week. Austin Eckler looking like the Austin Eckler of old. It's like the Chargers woke up and remembered they have, you know, a great running back and said, let's finally use him, you know, three or four weeks into the season. And it continues, which is good. Kenneth Walker taking over for Rashad Penny, Aaron Jones, you know, Benjamin Raheem Moser and Gus Edwards, probably the ones we want to talk about the most here. What do you think from this uh, top running backs this week here, Cody? Kenneth Walker is an absolute monster. Um, I mean, he, he looks unreal, and I think he's going to be a league winner. So people that drafted him 
or picked him up if he was dropped in, in your leagues. I mean, kudos to them. He, he looks incredible. I'm actually looking for the stat right now, but uh, too little, too late. Going into this weekend, he was actually tied for the most broken tackles in the league, and he's and he missed those first couple weeks. So his, his broken tackle rate is just unreal at this point. Um, he looks explosive. I think Kenneth Walker is, as long as he can stay healthy, knock on wood there, um, I think he's going to be a league winner. Uh, we know we know Austin Eckler can do. Uh, the reason Eckler's not a, a league winner is because he was a first-round draft pick. Kenneth Walker, at the time of drafts, if you, you recall, Andrew, um, he was actually falling into the 10th, 11th, 12th rounds or later because he had that hernia, I believe, or uh, had that yeah. injury going into the season. It was a hernia, right? Yeah, so yep. he had that injury going into the season that forced him to fall, and now the people are reaping those benefits for just being patient. It's a long season. He's basically won you back-to-back weeks, and if you're sitting there right around three and four, four and three, you're in a great spot with like a, a league winner that's going to be probably a top eight running back the rest of the way at this point, and uh, he's probably sitting in there in your flex. So I think Kenneth Walker is the dude right now. If you can go get him, go get him. But I don't think you're going to be able to afford him this point. I think the ship has sailed, and he is long gone and off to carry some teams to the playoffs. Josh Jacobs, I, I you know I'm a massive Jacobs hater. Uh, so to see him doing this is just <laughs> like is is pretty pretty unbelievable. Um, I, I don't. Did you expect Josh McDaniels to make him the bell cow back? He is. I mean, he's getting he's getting passing game targets as well. Like, I just I just didn't expect him to be the bell cow back. He really hasn't been. Huge. Um. So me, Lance, and News have talked about him different times, and he is a. I always think he's a decent back. I feel like he's under drafted or drafted lower than he should mm-hmm. be because he has this potential. But you didn't see it for the first four weeks, 6.5, 7.5, 11.5. But then week four on, 31 points, 26 points. He missed the game because of – no, he didn't miss the game. It was his bye, and then 34 points. So, I mean, I always felt like this potential was there, maybe not up in the high, you know, high 20s, high, low 30s. But, I mean, now I wish I did draft Josh Jacobs because I don't have any shares. And even going in the – you know, fourth, fifth round, if he continues this for the rest of the season, then, you know, you made out golden on this Josh Jacobs bit. I'm just a little mad I don't have any shares. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the big one is uh, the passing game usage. So the, the Raiders have like a bottom five offensive line. So I don't think anyone – he's as a pure runner, like just straight up running back, very talented. But the issue's always been his yards before contact. Like he's got a bad line and he doesn't – you know, like a, a – a, um, a PPR point or uh, I guess a, a pass caught is worth more than just a handoff, especially yeah, even if you're going to have PPR, but it also opens things up and, and creates a yardage for you, creates a little more explosiveness and it's more likely to get big plays. So it's not just that there's PPR involved. It's also that you've got more opportunity for chunk gains as opposed to just taking a handoff and getting hit to the line of scrimmage. Like he's never really had that. Like I know he's not getting all the best down work, but like he's he just and even hitting the old start, he looks explosive. I mean, I just I just could not have been more wrong about Josh Jacobs heading into this season. Um, but honestly, good for him in a contract year, just blowing up like that. He looks great. I did. Um, I don't have too many other comments on some of these other guys on the list. Certainly, some big days for guys like Mostert, uh, Edwards with Dobbins going on IR just before this game. I think the Baltimore backfield is always going to be a coin toss. So I'm not like just you know, die, you know, trading for Gus Edwards right now. You know, Benjamin looked solid. Uh, but the one that really stuck out was uh, Travis Etienne. I know you and I actually have him on one of our high stakes leagues and he finally popped off, but he's been showing that usage for multiple weeks now. He has basically taken over um, RB1 usage from James Robinson, who just got traded to the Jets uh, about an hour or two ago. Uh, he had basically taken over RB1 usage the last couple of weeks, and it just had not happened for him. And he finally popped off for a couple of big runs, got into the end zone, almost got a second touchdown if it wasn't for that weird fumble. Uh, but yep. he looks like he could potentially be uh, someone that carries you to the playoffs and, and pays off that third, fourth round premium, depending on where you took him uh, in drafts. So uh, he's the one that's not on your list that sticks out to me. But apart from that, I got no other additions. 
and just want to point out um, when we were making our draft picks, I brought up Etienne as a pick because what was the stat? One one rookie, one running back rookie finishes in the top ten each year, and you considered Etienne as a rookie this year because he missed all of last year with that ACL, I believe. Uh, tear that he had last year which made him miss the season so it's almost like you're taking a rookie who isn't a rookie but you know he didn't play his first year so he's playing it this year but he's you know second year is almost like he's a rookie and so he could be that you know guy that propels into the top 10 this year let's hope so for the sake of our team oh without a doubt (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on to the wide receivers here we've got a couple of teammate duos here, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, McCall Hardman, Juju, Marquise Goodwin, not Godwin, Paris Campbell, and Mike Williams, who suffered an injury during that game and ended up getting hurt. Yeah, so, it looked like his leg snapped off. I didn't see it, so don't say that. Oh, man, it was brutal. Dude, it made me sick. But then he goes into high ankle sprain. I'm like, what? I don't know. That was brutal looking. It looked pretty bad. Well, thoughts and prayers to Mike Williams, especially because he's on the team we're discussing. Um, <laughs> let's just let's just make this. Let's call Sammy. Get him on here. <laughs> we'll just make this about, about our high-stakes team. No, I'm just kidding. But um, these guys, McCole Hartman, Hopefully you guys played him. He was on my bench, and I'm very upset about that. Juju maybe starting to put together some games here. Marquise Goodwin maybe is just because Metcalf got injured. I don't know what to you know call here, but th- this is a this is a odd list, I would say. So, what are you th- your thoughts on some of these players here? This is this is a list for good conversation because I got I got quite a few thoughts here. I'm gonna run down them. Jamar yep. Chase, stud, no other comment. Tyler Boyd, um, if you do have him, I I don't think that's something that's going to happen uh, consistently. I think that uh, the Bengals just went off offensively. Obviously, um, come for that kind of analysis. Stay for <laughs> stay for the hot takes. Um, but no, I think Tyler Boyd is one that pops on this list is someone we see him do this a couple times a year. I mean, he, he, he is a good bench stash um, and he pops off a couple of times a year. So maybe you had some bye weeks and you got him in your starting lineup. He's even on your roster. And uh, that's what he is to me. He'll, he'll pop off a couple of times. He'll, he'll be a little matchup dependent. He took advantage of that against the Falcons. I know the Falcons actually had some injuries in their second secondary. Um, I think Hayward was out. Uh, AJ Terrell, who has been a lockdown corner, went down in that game. So there was just no one in that Atlanta secondary um, to uh, counteract the Bengals' offensive firepower. Um, and we know Tyler Boyd's role is um, it, it's not a huge role, it's a consistent role. And it just leads itself to occasionally popping off uh, in some matchups like this. But Chase and Higgins are going to be the go tos. Um, I think Higgins is going to continue to stay healthy. I don't think he went down in that game at all. Uh, he had a decent decent day as well. It was just a day where every single person on that offense went off. Mixon, you know, Burrow, 400-plus yards, four, four or five touchdowns. You hit on it earlier. So Boyd is actually the one here that sticks out as we see him do this a couple times a year. Don't go out and pay a premium for him. Don't expect him to do it weekly. Um, it was just a great day for the Bengals offense. And I think for most weeks, he's going to probably have a pretty low ceiling uh, with like a consistent – you know, seven to ten point floor, and uh, and largely belonging on your bench. McCall Hardman, you said he was on your bench. Why would you start him? He hasn't earned it at all. <laughs> so I mean, like that. I I always watch that. I have I never draft McCall Hardman. Zero shares, and it was frustrating for me to watch. I was like, man, if I had Hardman right now, I would be losing it. But the crazy thing is, they were manufacturing touches for him. He had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know if that's if they've adjusted their offense, offensive scheme a little bit, I haven't really, you know, I had the game on some, but I haven't really, you know, dove into um, if they like adjusted uh, their offense or how they're utilizing him. I, you know, I should have pulled his target shares beforehand, but 
It just feels like this was a McCall Hardman game, and he's going to go back to being frustrating unless they've changed the way they function. But why would you start him? I could see you're more likely to start Tyler Boyd than McCall Hardman before knowing what happened yesterday. Like, you you just are. I mean, Boyd went off. But um, Juju, like you said, finally getting it together. Looks like he'll be startable. Wide receiver three, uh, flex territory. Um, You know, consistently just a notch above Tyler Boyd, I would say. Uh, Whereas Boyd is that wide receiver four flex range. And Marquise Goodwin. Uh, DK Metcalf looks like he's going to be out. We know that offense is good. Uh, So I think there's going to be opportunity there. You can run out and grab him. We'll have to see who else is coming uh, in Seattle. If there's any other receivers that are going to get an opportunity that might not have been active on the game day roster. But it looks like Metcalf is going to be out a few weeks. Paris Campbell, I absolutely love that you've got Paris Campbell on here uh, because he was one I wanted to hit on as well just a little bit uh, because he's had back-to-back great games after he's been someone I've watched for a couple years that I wanted to break out, kept getting hurt, um, and is finally getting that opportunity. But uh, Matt Ryan has been benched for Sam Ellinger, so I don't know how that's going to affect Campbell uh, because Matt Ryan seemed to really just be going to him quite a bit. Uh, He's actually, fun stat here, he's actually caught 17 uh, of his last 20 targets for about 130 yards and two touchdowns. And he's, he's looked great. Yeah. And he's only 25. Like he's just had some freak injury. So I love Paris Campbell. He's probably someone that's cheap and he's probably available in a lot of leagues right now. Um, my only fear with him is the Matt Ryan benching. Um, not that Matt Ryan is playing good, just that whenever there's a change of quarterback, you never know uh, how, how the offense is going to adjust. Are they going to be able to get him the ball? Um, Ellinger is someone that can really use his legs. So it might just change the dynamic there. Um, the one player I know I didn't really comment too much on Williams there. We, we kind of talked about that. If he's, you know, he's, he's always a starter for me if he's playing because of his high upside, but hopefully he gets healthy. The one guy I want to add to this list that I actually started him in a couple of leagues yesterday uh, and played him in DFS was Wendell Robinson. Um, loved him coming to this week. There's just no one in New York to catch the football, but the giants are six and one and they have zero receivers. They have Saquon Barkley is their top receiver and he's their running back. So I think Wendell Robinson is, if he's available, I doubt he is. Uh, but if he is, I think you can go snagging. Six for 50 yesterday, uh, looked good last week uh, getting into the end zone. I think they're going to continue to ramp up his touches. He played nearly every snap um, in 11 personnel yesterday, according to Pro Football Focus's data. Uh, and then he played about 20, 25% of the snaps of 12 personnel, um, which basically means he's on the field a ton. He's playing a majority of the offensive snaps and they're getting him out there in good looks with spread sets so they can get him the ball in open space, which is something they certainly did. So Wendell Robinson, um, he's also per PFF is being targeted on 27, uh, 27% of his routes. So 27 and percent targets per route run. Um, and that's actually number one on the giants right now. So the giants are a team that have a great offensive mind. Um, and we know their offense has been a little sl- sluggish, Daniel Jones led, but they have zero talent um, on this uh, outside, no one to throw the ball to. Uh, and Wendell Robinson is just volume, talent meets opportunity and volume in a fantasy football, like this time of year. I mean, he's basically free and that's all you can ask for. So Wendell Robinson is my stud of the week that I think he is going to be startable moving forward, that if you can go get him at a good cost or if he's available on your waiver wire, go get him. All very well said. And one thing I want to add, like me, Ooze, and Lance were saying in the beginning of the year, grab a piece of vacated uh, targets from high-powered offenses. This showed this week with Kansas City, McCole Harmon, Juju, MBS, uh, all got plenty of targets, top four for two of them. MBS, you know, didn't score but had 111 yards. So mm. – Coming, going into next year when everything, you know, offseason changes, blah, blah, blah. Just look out for these vacated targets on teams, especially high-powered offenses. Mm-hmm. All right. Tight ends. We just got three here. And anyone else you want to bring up? Uh, George Kittle, Jawan Johnson, Travis Kelsey. He's kind of on here by default because all the other uh, tight ends didn't score that much. So... <laughs> Jawan Johnson, I feel like that's just, you know, product of the game. He ended up getting lucky. 
George Kittle, on the other hand, looked like he could be returning back to form. Second straight game where he's got over 10 points, looking like his old self after coming back from the injury and having three decent, uh, you know, three bad games. And then, you know, Kelsey's Kelsey. So either Kittle or Johnson or anyone else you want to touch on here? No, uh, the only thing with John Johnson is that the Cardinals are worse in the league against tight ends um, yep. or bottom three for pretty much all metrics. So it's not really a John Johnson thing. It's that the Cardinals can't defend tight ends. So just try, uh, write that down. Keep note of it. Move boards for whoever the Cardinals are playing. All right. On to the duds. The guys that broke your team, guys will kind of tell you if, you know, you should hit the panic button and – Look elsewhere. First up, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Brissett, Tannehill, and Golf. Now, I mentioned those last four in case you were streaming. And obviously, the two guys, the two main guys here is Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, and whoever else you want to bring up. Um, for me, I'm, I'm really concerned about Tom Brady, to tell you the truth. Um, me and Lance are Tom Brady owners in the roster up league. Like I said, a couple weeks, we thought he, you know, he had back-to-back games where he got together and then it was just like, he can't even hit his uh, projected points against Pittsburgh and Carolina who are kind of, you know, people are thinking there's a fire sale going on over there. So what do you think about Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, any of these other QBs? Um, on the duds list. Lamar will be fine. Uh, I think we saw one or two drop touchdown passes um, or close calls uh, getting tackled down inside the five uh, for his receivers. And then 10 for 59, Gus Edwards is, your, is a stud this week. If Gus Edwards is your stud, Lamar probably didn't do a ton. Better days ahead. He'll be fine um, for sure. Cleveland also slows it down, uh, kind of – kind of uh, grinds grinds out the clock a little bit. So you can only have so many high upside players uh, in games against them. Tom Brady, absolutely worried. We, uh, you know, kind of buried the lead a little bit, getting the show talk uh, with that. But uh, they've looked bad. Like the defense is fine. They're, they're just they, – they can't get up more than 20 points. Like they're losing these games 20 to 18, 21 to 3. Um, it's, it's pitiful, man. I, I don't know what's going on that offense I I haven't really seems like a lot of people are not even a lot of analysts are just totally unsure what's happening if Mike Evans catches that 40 50 yard bomb uh, (laughs) in the first or second quarter like it's probably a completely different game he dropped that and it was just it you know I don't know the rest of the day just seemed to be a complete and total joke I do think Tampa Bay is good enough to figure it out I still hold to that but um and I, we've seen Brady figure it out so many times, but it's been so bad since week, uh, since that Buffalo game, um, that yeah, I he's not a guaranteed start. I mean, he's guy. He's had weeks one to three, he was fine, and since then he hasn't done anything to win you a week. He's lost you a couple weeks. So um, yeah, I'm definitely very nervous. I think the matchup against Baltimore could be a good one, but Baltimore has tightened it up in the secondary. And then he plays New Orleans, who we know he typically kind of struggles with. You know, he, he yep. does tend to struggle with New Orleans a little bit. Um, so I'm a little um, – I'm sorry, he does not play New Orleans in a couple weeks. It's actually Baltimore. They play the Rams, who have been okay against the pass, and then the Seahawks. So potentially some better days ahead for Brady um, on that. But, yeah, he's been – it's been ugly, man. It's been ugly. Only w- one or two good games, and, and uh, that's that. All right. For the running backs, we got Leonard Fournette there with the Tampa Bay offense. Jamal Williams with um, Swift being out again. A.J. Dillon, Jeff Wilson, James James Robinson. Um, Like we already discussed Tampa Bay, so Fournette, hopefully he, you know, gets better, but we are concerned there. Jamal Mm -hmm. Williams was – scoring all these touchdowns, even with Swift in and hasn't done anything as of late. A.J. Dillon, I was a strong A.J. Dillon um, candidate or supporter in the offseason and during draft time, and he just hasn't produced anything. Jeff Wilson, 
you know, was a stud a couple weeks ago, and then now two weeks in a row, a big dud. James Robinson, you know, just got traded to the Jets. So the Jaguars are basically saying we can work with ETN and not use him anymore. So what are your thoughts here on these running backs? So I do want to actually hit on Rashad White after that Leonard Fournette thud. So I mentioned earlier as well, Leonard Fournette has less than three yards per carry, about five of his last six weeks. The inverse of that is Rashad White, the rookie, continues to get more and more looks. I mentioned to see, you know, let's be on the lookout between weeks like 10 and once we get to that week 10 to 12 mark, how much of a carry share uh, Rashad White takes over. Um, He did have a career high 24 yards on six carries. I know that's not a lot but he continues to kind of get Brady's trust and earn more and more uh, touches, including pass game work, which is just such a valuable role in a Tom Brady offense, which is, you know, why Fournette's been so valuable until these last two ugly weeks in the Tampa Bay offense. Um, But White has actually played about 23% of the snaps this season. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of that is coming when these games are close. He's getting a lot of the passing down work. Uh, and if we don't think this team is going to get that much better, he's probably going to continue to play and trend up. Like I said, Fournette can't uh, – he, he's just – he just can't get uh, downfield. He just can't get a lot of downfield momentum just running the ball, whereas Rashad White can make some guys miss. The Tempe offensive line uh, is pretty bad too, so they need someone that's a little more elusive back there. So I do think potentially he can earn more playing time. So it's not just that. I think Fournette will be fine as well, but – you know, get a hold of Rashad White as you can. He continues to trend up, and he might want to be one of those late, you know, um, back quarter, that last quarter stretch run of a championship that we always see someone hasn't done anything, kind of wins you your league. I think that could potentially be Rashad White. A.J. Dillon is getting to borderline droppable. I was with you, man, big fan of him. Uh, took him in a couple drafts, but uh, he's he's looking bad. He's, he's getting less than 15% of the carries right now. He's not running routes. Um, which he was earlier in the year. Um, and then the rest of these guys are, you know, really no comment. I think I think you said it all. A.J. Dillon is where I'm selling the alarm bells, and Rashad White is where I'm potentially pivoting there in Tampa Bay. But uh, apart from that, I'm good to move on to these wide receivers where I see you're leading off with, with Dallas a little bit um, at, at everything. I think the real dud was Gallup, who, who laid a goose egg for Ooh. me, man. Ooh. Oh, man. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. We got the win, uh, as you all know, me and Cody are Cowboys fans, but we have a hefty list here, uh, wide receiver, um, CD, Metcalf, St. Brown, Pittman, Debo, Keenan Allen, Sutton, Dubs, Gallup with the goose egg, Drake London, Robert Woods. Some of these guys got hurt. Metcalf, you know, got carted off. St. Brown had the concussion. Um, Paris Campbell went up. Pittman went down. Now we're going to have this quarterback change, so a little bit of concern there. Debo, I mean, that game was just kooky, especially with uh, CMC arriving to town. Keenan Allen coming off the injury could have been a product of that. Sutton, quarterback change. Hopefully he's good. Uh, Romeo Dubs, that game, also kooky. Just half of these games are kooky, and kooky things happen, and – Half of these guys are on my team, so I'm getting a little agitated over here reading these <laughs> names. But um, let's talk about CD. Uh, I think Debo's going to be fine. Obviously, they got to restructure their offense with CMC. Maybe CMC addition concerns you. Keenan Allen hopefully gets projected because of Mike Williams being out a couple weeks, and hopefully he's good off of this injury. But, I mean – CD concerns me. Pittman kind of concerns me. Sutton, even with Russin, concerns me. Uh, Dubs, I think he put up a goose egg as well. So what are your thoughts on some of these guys here? CD, I think, is going to be fine. I just thought it was a weird game. I mean, the Lions came out. They spent the whole bye week trying to figure out how to fix this defense. Dak is just getting back from, you know, tin and tear. He gets his hands sliced open. Like, the Dallas offense did not look good. Um, somebody asked me if they were better off with Cooper Rush. No, because they weren't that good with Cooper Rush. It was the defensive special yeah. teams winning the games for them. And Stop the asking was, us that. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I mean, the offense wasn't good without Dak. They're not, they're not good with him right now. 
but it was his first game back, and they were like, it looked like it. I was in Tampa Bay game. You know, the Tampa Bay game is where he basically, you know, ripped his thumb off and, and after a half of football. So I, I don't have many takeaways other than I think CD's going to be fine. We've seen him flash a serious ceiling with Dak and even with Cooper Rush. So I think he'll be okay. But Dallas offense, because they can run the ball, um, you're going to have a couple weeks like this with CD, but you're also going to have some 25-point weeks um, uh, for sure. You know, hopefully St. Brown can get healthy. Otherwise, you got to look towards Chark. Jameson Williams in a few weeks coming out, but I think uh, St. Brown will probably be back by the time he gets back as well. Pittman I'm concerned about because of Sam Ellinger. To your point, that is the same reason I'm concerned with Paris Campbell after he ha- he's had a couple breakout weeks. San Francisco is going to be like playing roulette every week at this point, uh, which is going to make it a little tougher on on Debo. He's going to have some uh, big weeks and some down weeks because Jimmy Garoppolo has a ceiling and there's so many weapons. they got to spread the ball and they have a pretty slow uh, situation, neutral pace. People are just going to have to deal with it. Um, uh, Keenan Allen, I think he'll be all right. Mike Williams is probably going to be out four or five weeks. Um, And then, uh, yeah, Denver offense in general, completely concerned about talks of Jerry Judy trades. Sutton, I know a lot of people – I was never big on him coming into this season. He's had a couple nice games. I'm still not big big on him with or without Russell Wilson. Uh, that offense has just looked terrible, and now you got Russ with the shoulder injury. Um, Green Bay's offense, Dubs, like Romeo Dubs, uh, I have not been impressed with the rookie at all, uh, and we saw them spreading it around to Amari Rodgers and, and some other guys, even after Alan Lazard got hurt yesterday. So Green Bay is telling us they're not that impressed with him right now either. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think better days are ahead, but it was odd that he pretty much played every single snap. Uh, zero catches, Noah Brown with like five for uh, 50. So uh, I, I am concerned about Michael Gallup. Um, and then Drake London, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but you're going to have weeks like this because, and here's a stat for you, Andrew, the Falcons offense has trailed by, uh, yesterday they trailed by seven or more points on 100% of their snaps. This is a tweet Dwayne McFarland put out, solid stuff. Um, so trailed. Uh, by seven or more the entire game, 100% of their offensive snaps. And wow. they drop back to pass on only 45% of plays, where the NFL average this season is 72% in that same scenario. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> even if they're trailing and losing, Arthur Smith is just going to run into a brick wall. He doesn't even care, which is going to, which is why there's so much frustration with Pitts and now London. There's just not enough volume. Mariota was down multiple touchdowns that whole game and, I don't even know if he threw the ball 20 times. I think he threw it like 13 times. So London's going to be an absolute stud and have some nice games. But when they're going to run the ball uh, 65%, uh, 55% of the time when they're trailing by double digits, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a problem. I still think he's going to be wide receiver three, uh, uh, flex starter uh, for the rest of the year. But, you know, games like this, this is within his range of outcomes. Uh, Robert Woods, boring. He's like, you know, he's he's a dud to me every week. He's like a max of 10 points. So I don't really have too much else to say, <laughs> to say there on him. But that's kind of my thoughts on some of those receivers. Uh, the ones I'm concerned about are, uh, are uh, Pittman, Debo, Sutton, Dubs, and Gallup. I had to look that up uh, about Mariota. He only threw the ball. He only had 13 attempts, and last week he had 14. Oh, my god! I caramba. But if you started him last week, he had 26 fantasy points. So it's almost like if you started him, great. But then he hurts you elsewhere with the wide receivers if you have those guys. Yeah, All he's right. got to run. Short list for the tight ends once again. Mark Andrews, only two targets was going on there with Baltimore but you know if uh Lamar's not having a good day Mark Andrews might not be having a good day as well Ertz probably could have done better he did get over uh half of his projected points um Pitts once again so I'm not concerned too concerned about Ertz the only thing here um D-Hop coming back is gonna you know mess up that target share just a little bit but hopefully he still gets, you know, one touchdown here, one touchdown there, gets a couple yards, doesn't like totally, you know, give you a goose egg because D-Hop is back. Mark Andrews is going to be fine. Pitts, it's a good talent, and you can share your thoughts once I'm done, but I'm just – I'm really relieved that I don't have Kyle Pitts on my team this year, any team. 
I'm broken. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL is broken and so is Cody. I'm broken. No more Kyle Pitts thoughts. Uh, all right. <laughs> We've got starts and sits week eight. Run through a couple, and that will be our show. I'll um, go through my starts and sits. You can interject whatever you, wherever you feel fit, good sir. Uh, and if you have any other to you know add on, feel free. So I know you guys, those that started Dak coming back from his injury, didn't get you know as many points as you thought he was. Um, I say start him this week. He's you know back in a second full game. I think the second half watching that game, he was getting back into a rhythm. It's a good matchup. It's the Bears. And just hoping for Dak to, you know, get back to form this game. So don't be scared. Start Dak. It's going to be okay, folks. If it isn't, don't blame me. Blame Mark McCarthy. Going up next with the – oh, go ahead. No, I was just I was just laughing. I, I think Dak will be fine as well. I think he's a good start this week. Outstanding. This start running back, Raheem Mostert, good week versus the Steelers. They oh sorry about that. Messed up on my notes. They play the Steelers, I believe. And no, they play the Lions. Sorry, messed up my notes. And right now, somehow, this game between the Dolphins and the Steel and the Lions are a fifty point five over under right now. And the Lions give up second most of the running back. After this week that um, Mustard just had against the Steelers, that's who they just played. You, I expect him to kind of have another good game and just continue on with what he's been doing. At wide receiver, Devontae Smith, the Eagles are coming off of a bye. They're 11-point favorites right now going against the uh, – just lost it in my notes again. Oh, my goodness. Steelers. Please forgive me. Yes, the Steelers. So that's what I did. I had the notes – I had versus the Steelers in the running back and not in the wide receiver. My apologies, everyone. But right now they're 11-point favorites coming off the bye. If they're going to be 11-point favorites, that means, you know, Hurts is hopefully spreading the ball around. Hopefully it's not all going to the running backs uh, or A.J. Brown. He may not have his, a big game like he did a couple weeks ago where he was like the number one wide receiver, but I expect him to get involved in this game. Start at tight end, Irv Smith. This over-under is 49 versus the Cardinals. And like we mentioned before, the Cardinals just give up the second most points to the tight end position. So I expect a touchdown here, a couple yards, hopefully just a high-scoring game in Minnesota, you know, finds our sniff somewhere in the the red zone. Um, Sits at QB. Get in the sits now. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm scared of Tom Brady. Until he can put together another good game, I feel like he is a sit candidate. The thing about this game is it's Thursday night against Baltimore, and it's been multiple games where he's below his projected. So who knows how this like divorce is playing into his head. It's a short week. I am hoping Tom Brady proves – me wrong and the rest of the world because I'm probably going to start him but if me and Lance can figure out another good QB play and that's what I'm instructing you guys to do you have another good QB play don't just bench him because you know he's doing terrible he might just come out and have a good game but I'd be very hesitant to start him this week especially on the short week Michael Carter is a sit for me I know they Brees Hall just got injured, and honestly, James Robinson news just broke. 
So they're probably going to be splitting carries. And the matchup isn't good against the New England um, Patriots. They have very good run defense. And Michael Carter is someone I think you should pick up and stash just because of the injury, but not start him this week. Um, I'm not trusting any Jacksonville wideouts this week. They're going against the Broncos. They have given up the least amount of points to wide receivers. This over-under is at 39, currently the lowest of all of the games. And the Broncos only win their games because of their defense and low-scoring affairs. It's not, you know, we've said it before, it's not Bronco country, let's ride. It's Bronco country, let's cry. So I'd be very wary of these Jacksonville Whiteouts this week. And I'd be a little wary of George Kittle as well this week. I know he has two games back-to-back, very good games, and he's, um, you know, looking like his old self. But they play the Rams, and they've only allowed 3.4 points to the tight end. Now, if Kittle scores, then you're good. He'll save the day. But I'm not expecting for a big game. I'm not expecting for multiple touchdowns. Just if you have better options, be wary and look elsewhere. Cody, any follow-up to any of the starts and sits or additions? I have a couple additions. I like where you went with that, um, but I do, have, I do have a couple additions. I like your thoughts on Raheem Mostert. That's uh, going to have to check his salary on the DFS side, honestly. And, and Devontae Smith certainly like that call um, as well. The sit, I don't disagree with, uh, I'm, but I'm, you know, part of me was a little torn on what you're talking, but I don't think I disagree. Is, is TB12. Um, so no additional sits on the quarterback side, but have a couple starts if you're desperate. I know we got some big guys on by that you talked about. I believe Herbert, Mahomes are both on by. We talked about Daniel Jones earlier, traveling out to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Seattle seems to speed teams up, is terrible defensively, and they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. So Daniel Jones, I think, is going to have to move the ball uh, to play a little bit of catch-up there potentially in Seattle. I think he's a solid start this week. And uh, then the other one you could potentially take a look at is actually P.J. Walker against the Falcons if he does indeed end up getting start. If he does indeed start, um, I think that's for deeper leagues and if you're really desperate, deeper to quarterback. But if you really get in a pinch, I think you can look at P.J. Walker against the Falcons secondary that has gotten torched repeatedly. I don't know that Walker can be that good consistently, but – uh, we know he can uh, move the ball with his legs. It's in a dome, which is always fantasy friendly. So those are the two trying to get a little unique there uh, to add to some of what you said um, as well. On the running back side, I don't believe I have any starts uh, that are really unique apart from the usual, you know, start your studs, don't get too cute. Um, I think if you're looking for a unique pickup, uh, long-term Raheem Blackshear, uh, with Chubba Hubbard spraining his ankle, he did dress and uh, got one for about five snaps for the Panthers. He lined up out wide for four of them. He's so he looks like he's going to have a pass catching role. So watch that Chubb, uh, Chubba Hubbard news. Uh, Raheem Blackshear could be a sneaky little stash. He's not startable this week. Don't get me wrong there. Um, but I do think that's someone to watch out for. And then on the wide receiver end of things, we talk, I talked about Wondell Robinson. I think he's a great start. If you can, uh, I like a nice little mini stack there on your season-long teams, if you can, um, with Daniel Jones and Wendell Robinson. Obviously, that's if you've got your, your primary starters hurt or on by. But I do think that's a nice little start there as well. I like what you said about it's tough to trust the Jacksonville wide receivers against Denver. Certainly don't disagree there um, at all. Um, and then, honestly, uh, on the tight end side, some of the couple that I think are unique. I love that you went with Irv Smith there uh, going against the Cards. Just target that matchup. David Njoku went down. He's probably going to be out a couple weeks. I think you can look to Harrison Bryant, who stepped in the game for him. Um, I think he's a talented second or th- third-year tight end. Um, but I think he could potentially rack some stuff up because Jacoby Brissett, we know he loves to target tight ends. He yes, targets sir. tight ends at one of the highest rates in the NFL. So if you're in a pinch, you could look at Harrison Bryant. Dalton Schultz looked like he's going to be fine for Dallas, but if he's out, 
You can look towards Peyton Hendershot, who ended up catching a touchdown pass while he was out. Young athletic rookie tight end. So those are a couple guys. I'm just trying to go a little deeper on some of those to uh, in case you're in a deeper league or you got some injuries or something. There's actually a league or two where I'm going to have to pick up one of those guys to start them because of a combination of buys and injuries. So if you're in that situation as well, I think you could look that direction. But I think what you had there was great, Andrew, and uh, I'm all good on my end, man. I think this has been good stuff and some solid recommendations for the people. Outstanding. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for joining the show. Shout out to the law and big homie ooze who couldn't be with us here tonight. We got through it. Another week at the Russell. Like always, everyone, like, follow, subscribe, share, retweet, you know, follow the other uh, shows, show DFS and around the league. Make sure you follow your teams as well. And, you know, check back in. Hope your fancy teams are doing well. Hope we have provided you some guidance and come back for more guidance. Cody, any last words for the people? Just download and send it to your friends. That's all I ask. And don't ask me about <laughs> Kyle Pitts. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening, everyone. Man, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's been fun. Um, but, yeah, it's been a good time. On to, on to week eight, man, getting uh, near the midway point of the fantasy football and the NFL season. So uh, get towards crunch time. Um, good luck out there, everybody. Yes, sir. Till next time, peace out from the Russell. See you.